we serve a living God, an almighty God. That means he has all power, and because he has all power, he can do all things. Follow my logic. We are preaching already. And there is power in the word of God. That's why we read in the book of Isaiah, the, the royal prophet prophesies and makes that declaration 650 years before the birth of Jesus. And he says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He then goes on. For me, the kicker is in verse 7. He says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And then the final kicker is for the zeal of the Lord God of hosts, shall perform it. For the zeal of the Lord God of hosts shall perform it. That means that God's greatest passion is to see the continuous ex extension and expansion of his kingdom. The zeal of the Lord God of hosts shall perform it. That's why the songwriter says, Jesus shall reign where the sun doth his successive journeys run. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore. The sun shall rise and set no more. Let every creature rise and bring its grateful honor to our king. And angels ascend with shouts again. And earth proclaim his joyful strain. Some of you are looking at me strangely. I like those who are clapping. They're of a certain vintage. They know those hymns. In other words, what that songwriter is saying, what the scripture is saying is that the kingdom of God shall continue to grow, shall continue to expand shall continue to extend. And so you ask, how? There is always a how, is there not? Okay, there is always a how. To, and let me talk to myself. So today is Pentecost Sunday and a very special day in the church's calendar. And, and, and what, with that question in mind, I want us to turn to God's word. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power, you know it, very familiar. We shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And then Acts chapter 10, I want us to pivot to Acts chapter 10, the first six verses, and then we're going to read together verse 9 to 16. I want to use that to set the base for what God has placed in my spirit for us today. Acts chapter 10 from verse 1 to 6, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Note that. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? He said to him, your prayers and arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa. Send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon at Hannah, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Then we jump to verse 9. The next day, as they were on their way, on their journey, and drew near to the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descended to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of forfeited animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, no, not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. 
And a voice spoke to him again and second time, What has God has cleansed? You must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven. Father, I pray that your word will come to us, your word which breaks, your word which changes, your word which transforms, shift us from where we are to where you want us to be, as individuals and as a church family, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I said today is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, it's a day when we call, commemorate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the 120 disciples who were in that upper room. And it marks really the beginning of the church's mission to the world, to the nations from Jerusalem. It celebrates the outpouring of spiritual gifts on humanity. Yeah. Now, the, 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 the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit was supernatural. If it is supernatural, it means it's above the natural. Follow me, I'm speaking English. If something is above, it must be super. Okay, well, uh, I'm glad I'm not talking maths. Because this place will clear. I'm a Pentecostal, and I believe in the things of the Spirit. I believe this church does as well. I believe that the work of the Holy Spirit in the first century was not a one-off. God is in the business of, by His Spirit, transforming lives, reordering the agenda of mankind. And I'm led to focus on that chapter 10, I read a little excerpt from, of Acts, the book of Acts. And this message, for those of you who like a, a, a hook for the messages that the preachers preach, um, it's entitled... Aspects of kingdom expansion with, um, in parenthesis, the role of prayer and revelation. It's a bit of a mouthful. Aspects of kingdom expansion, the role of prayer and revelation. The mission of God. The mission of God was fulfilled in the life of Jesus through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And before he left the scene of time, Jesus told the apostles, he told them, go and tarry in Jerusalem. When you wait there in, in, in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, but in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost ends of the earth. In other words, this, the picture we are, we're given is that the kingdom is not Jerusalem-centric. It goes beyond Jerusalem. It is not Ju Judea-centric. It goes beyond Judea. It's not focused on Samaria. It goes beyond Samaria into the uttermost ends of the earth. That's what the prophet Joel prophesied in the Old Testament, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. It will come after this that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men will see vision. Even on the male servants and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In other words, this was a fulfillment of something that was promised. The event took place. The spirit came. The church was birthed in power, was given power, and was promised power. I said the church was birthed in power, was given power, and was promised power. And we are the church today. The church is God's only vessel, only agent. He doesn't have a plan B for prosecuting the redemptive agenda of God. 
in this world, for extending the footprints of the kingdom of God. It is to fulfill it supernaturally. So the coming of the Holy Spirit was a paradigm shift. Let me explain. It is a paradigm shift because it altered the course of human history. It was a paradigm shift because it gave birth to a new community. A new community that was filled with faith, filled with power from on high. You see, in the upper room, they went out and they turned the world, they say they turned the world upside down. No, they turned the world right side up. Lives were changed. Communities were transformed. Those who were gripped by witchcraft, they were delivered. Families were changed, villages, towns. And you say, how? We'll come back to our question, how? I want to connect us, I'm led to connect us with our supernatural roots as the body of Christ. And we're going to draw insights from Acts chapter 10. And I want us in our hearts to say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again through my life. Do it again through destiny. Do it again through the church. Do it again through our families. Do it again through us as individuals. And we find in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10, that was a pivotal chapter in the Great Commission. Two central characters, two diverse characters. One a Gentile soldier, the other a Jewish heart to the core, Jewish leader. Cornelius was a military leader. My wife and I had the privilege of going to the Holy Lands. We actually went to the place where this man was based. Now, he's a devout follower of the Jewish God. And then, on the other hand, we have Peter, one of the early pillars, pillars of the early church. We ask ourselves, how could this happen? That God uses different people. Okay, you're looking at me. Give it to God. Give it up to God. He says, my ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts are your thoughts. For as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher in the ways, and your thoughts my thoughts. My wife and I were reflecting, this is not on part of the preach, so this is a bonus for you. I'll see you afterwards for the commission. It's amazing how God orchestrates things and makes connections. And we look at it and say, only God can do this. And we ask ourselves, what's the life application lessons that we have in the story of the connection between these two people. Let's look at what God is saying. How can that happen? The first thing that happens is this, that it happens in the place of prayer. Somebody say prayer. The first thing that we see in the book of Acts chapter 10 is that the commission, the expansion of the kingdom is built on the altar of prayer. Cornelius is praying when the angels visit him. And we see later, Peter was praying when he gets the message. Then here's the conclusion. A praying or a prayerful individual or church gets heaven's attention and moves the hand of God. Let me say it again. A praying or prayerful individual or church gets heaven's attention and moves the hand of God. The conclusion we draw is this, is that before we begin imagining new mission possibilities, we must start praying. I want to believe that you're a praying church. Pray. Continue to pray. Don't stop praying. Two things were said about Cornelius. He said that his generosity, his charity had been signaled in heaven. 
but above all, he said that his prayer had been answered. So put simply, we say this, God hears and answers prayer. He responds to a heartfelt cry. Pray without ceasing. Let me challenge us, let me encourage us, pray without stopping. Pray because the Bible says the effectual prayer of the righteous, fervent prayer of the righteous, avails much. Pray for renewal. Pray for healing. Pray for breakthrough. Pray for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. Pray and God will hear you. God's response to Cornelius was revelation. Tell your neighbor, revelation. In other words, prayer triggers revelation. In the same way, Peter was praying, and God's response to him was what? Revelation. So we say divine revelation produces a paradigm shift. That's the first, second conclusion. Pray. Second conclusion, divine revelation produces a paradigm shift. Let me explain. In the life of Peter, Peter was hardcore Jewish. He had a paradigm. He had a model in his mind as to how the world should work or as to how God should do his business. But God came to him and in the vision, in the revelation, broke that paradigm, broke the mindset. We call some say mindset. So when we pray, we're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, break my mindset. Lord, let there be a, a, a shift. And, 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 and secondly, the paradigm shift was that there was a seismic change or shift in terms of the focus and the drive of the mission of God, the extension. So not only was a model broken in the mind of Peter, a model was broken in terms of mission. Are you with me? God shifted it out of a Jewish-centric scenario into a global scenario. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Peter's mindset, mindset was changed forever. Third thing, divine revelation leads to supernatural appointment and connection. You pray, revelation. Revelation come, paradigm shift. But divine revelation also leads to supernatural appointment and connection. Cornelius was praying, God answered, said, send messengers to Peter. Peter is praying, God breaks his, the paradigm and said, go and see this man. So there was a supernatural appointment. Peter had a different diary. Listen, be careful when you pray, because God might just change your diary. I didn't hear amen, come on. I got a schedule. We're going, we're going, we're going. Where are you going to? Is it where God wants you to go? Please answer. May God help us. Supernatural appointment. Let me share with you a story, conscious of the time. I remember one day I was in the book of Acts, in this very book, some years ago. I was in this study, I was praying. I, I was crying out to look God. I was in the book of Acts, just God... Do it again. Do it in my life. Begin with me. I was praying. And, and I had an appointment in the afternoon at the hospital. Mayday Hospital. It's now, no, they used to call it Mayday, but it's not, it's no longer. It's University, Croydon University Hospital. That's right. Not Mayday. It's Mayday. So I, I was praying. I was praying. And as it were, and Pastor, you bear witness to this, as it were, God glues you to the place. You know you have an appointment. And you want to go, but you're stuck. 
I was stuck in my study. I was, I'm going to be late. Eventually, I got up. Eventually, I felt a measure of release. I, if I don't leave, I'm going to be late. So I drive down. Um, I didn't want to pay the fees that they charge at the car park. So I was looking for side streets. Yeah? Why are you laughing? Am I not in Yorkshire? You Yorkshire people are not exactly. Don't you start. You guys are smart, so I'm following in your footsteps. So I go and I find a space in the side streets. So I park, and I'm walking along, and from the corner of my eye, I could see a little signage on the board, Reverend Khan. So I didn't think much of it. Literally, I walked five meters ahead. A car pulls up. The guy winds down. He was in an SUV. He said, um, excuse me, um, are you a minister? I said, yes. He's a black guy, you know. And when a black guy pulls up on next to you, <laughs> you've got to check it out. So I, I, say, I said, yes. And this is me. I'm in a hurry. I want to make the appointment at the hospital. So he said, I think I know you. Uh, did you preach at uh, such and such conference? I'll reveal the, 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 the church it was in a moment. And I said, yes. He said, I know who you are. And then he said, I remember the day after you preached at that conference, there were a lot of people around you, and I couldn't get through. Remember the story of the man, the person who couldn't get through? One I'm coming, others jump in. You know, he said, but he said, I prayed a prayer. I said, God, if you want me to meet this man of God, create a way for me. This was a year after the conference. I don't know this man from Adam. I said, listen, hold on, hold your story. Let me just finish the appointment. He said, he said to me, I'm the pastor of this church. So I have my appointment. I come back, and he begins to tell his story. He takes me into the church. He said, the church has grown. God has blessed us so much. We're expanded, and we are breaking the walls, and we're extending this building. He says, I'm the 27th pastor of this church. This church was founded in 1927 by um, George Jeffries. He preached, 1,600 people had come to faith in Croydon, and that church was founded. He says, I'm just a boy. I, I, the Lord literally lifted me off the streets and brought me into this church, and today I'm now the pastor of this church. And God has blessed me, and I prayed that prayer, and God heard it. Um, so I, I was so excited. He took me. We had a tour. I spent about an hour, an hour and a half with him. Went into the church office, and I prayed with him. I prayed the blessing of God on him, in his ministry, for the mission. Do you know his name? Cornelius. Now, this guy, the pastor, I'm sure he wouldn't mind telling the story. He's from Ghana. How could it be, imagine it, in a million years, that God will connect two people from the continent of Africa doing mission work in the city of London. Is it, is it not God? We're talking about supernatural appointment and connection. When you're on the mission of God, He will give you amazing connections for the purpose of extending His kingdom, not for your personal agenda. 
I'm going to close shortly, but I want to just give you a headline. The next thing is that the anointed and proclamation of Christ and his gospel produces supernatural transformation. The anointed proclamation of Christ and the gospel produces supernatural transformation. That's what we see later in the book of Acts, where Peter preached. He preached that Christ was killed and hung on the tree. God raised him from the dead, and through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin. So I don't know who is listening to me, whether live here or online. God invites you to acknowledge that you're a sinner before God. Believe in Jesus as the Son of God and the perfect sacrifice for your sin. Confess him as your Savior and submit him as Lord. That is the essence of the gospel. And the question is, what is your response? We see as Peter was preaching, he said, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. We need the presence of God. The songwriter says, I need thy presence every passing hour. Tells me I need the anointing, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And with God who is present with us, we begin to see wonderful things happening. The Holy Spirit, and that's the last point, the Holy Spirit is the author and director of kingdom expansion. The Holy Spirit is the author and director of kingdom expansion. The Spirit revealed the mind of God to Cornelius and to Peter. The Spirit caused a paradigm shift in Peter's worldview. The Spirit was the author of the supernatural connection. The Spirit anointed Peter to proclaim the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit baptized all those who were in Cornelius' house listening. The church expanded. The frontiers of the kingdom was extended. We need the Spirit of God. I'll tell you one more story and then we're going to wrap. This has happened here in the UK, in Glasgow. A Christian lady, they were on the, on the, on the mission out in the shopping center, shopping mall. And she just had a prompting, go and talk to that lady. She walked up to the lady. This story was told to me by one of our pastors. And, and so she said, um, I, sorry, I, I don't know who you are, but I'm a Christian. And she was tentative, you know. But I'm a Christian, and we believe that God speaks to us. And God just wants me to tell you, for you to know, that you're a good mother. And that woman broke down and cried. Cried profusely. And she began to tell her story. Her daughter, who had grown up under her roof, had become a drug addict. And she had agonized about, and thinking, feeling guilty. What could I have done? Why didn't I do this? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Talk to me. Yes. We've been there. And so she shared her story. That woman prayed for her and said, God will take care of your daughter. Three months later, this young woman was radically met by the Lord and transformed, drug addiction broken, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. We are talking about prayer, revelation, being on the pinning. 
As we pray, God reveals, God sends us a mission, and God begins to do things in people's lives. We're talking about aspects of the kingdom of God, the role of prayer and revelation. On this day of Pentecost, through his word, God is saying this to us. A praying and a prayerful individual or church gets the attention of heaven and moves the hand of God. Who wants to move the hand of God? We've got to be praying. Divine revelation always produces a paradigm shift. Divine revelation always leads to supernatural appointment and connection, the most unusual connection. And the anointed proclamation of Christ and the gospel leads to supernatural transformation. We know that the Holy Spirit is the author of kingdom expansion. And it all begins with prayer. Prayer gets the attention of heaven. And the Holy Spirit works through us for kingdom expansion. Today we pray, Lord, release your power. Lord, give us revelation. Can we please stand? As I speak this word, please stand with me. Lord, pour out your spirit upon us afresh. Lord, give us revelation that, that gives us divine connection that leads to expansion. This is not through IG. This is not through Facebook. This is not through any other thing. We're talking about revelation. You know, there is a big difference between information and revelation. Information you Google. Revelation is a download from heaven. Lord, give us revelation that leads to divine connection, that leads to expansion of your kingdom. Lord, as you did it in times of old, lift your voice. People of God, I don't know what your practice here. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Lord, give me revelation. As you did in times of old, do it in my life. Pour out your spirit of God upon us. Pour out the spirit of grace and supplication. Pour out your spirit upon this church, upon your people, O God. Let spiritual gifts be multiplied. Let the gifts be manifested in this house. And through you, O God, your kingdom shall be extended. Your kingdom shall be expanded. We thank you. We bless you. We give you praise because you are the God who is in the business of changing lives. If there is any life here this morning, those who do not know you, may they bow the knee to you in the name of Jesus. Those who are listening online, let there be a transforming power that flows through them and we shall give you all the praise and all the glory. Jesus, reign. Reign in our lives. Reign in Destiny Church. Reign in this nation. And let lives be changed. Lives be transformed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, hallelujah.